Hey everyone, this is a live podcast of McCool and the Gang with Sam Kramer. An awesome producer and um, musician and songwriter I have worked with and I know from life. From life in general. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? Good, very good. Yeah, well we met in Nashville, didn't we? Of all places. We did meet in Nashville. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. The notorious Nashville. <laughs> it was it was amazing. What what a week that was. You know, I came home and I think I had like post traumatic yeah. syndrome. I had the blues for a long time after that trip. Like seriously, it was just something about it that was just like I don't know. It was my first time in the states, like officially. I think I well, I'd been to Puerto Rico before, but never like America. Oh wait, that was your first trip. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. So um, from there, I went to New York as well. So it was just like everything just went on for like two or three weeks. It was just amazing. Um, and yeah, no, th- that was just such a great. I made friends for life on that trip. Um, not you, obviously, but some of the other people that I still talk to. Are you going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. Mm. I had to sleep for like two days because I was oh, yeah. that yeah, yeah. knackered. So. Writing all day and then you get no time in between because you're straight out and then it's like, yeah, 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 let's yeah. just drink all night <laughs> and then you've got to get up at like 8am the next day. Oh my Lord. Or, or sometimes you don't get up the next morning. Or sometimes and... you don't. And you don't turn up and you're about an hour or two late and you miss the whole morning. Was that you? Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> what an amazing week though. Just for anyone who's just like, what What are you talking about? <laughs> a writing camp is where they put like three of you in a room each day. It's like different three and you write a song. So me and you were with Corey, who's an American writer. Yeah. That day. But now, like, he submitted our song to, like, loads of Christmas films. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that'll get used in, like, a Hallmark Christmas film oh, or something. He's, he's, a, he's a demon with the um, the cuts and stuff. He, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, dum, 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 take these, yeah. Um, Come on, but, Corey. Because uh, that's when you were in the little cupboard, wasn't it? Yes. And that, I've still got that picture of you, just like... What was I recording vocals in there? Yeah, and we had the microphone the wrong way around for about... An hour. But I remember b- b- being like, "This is not guys." Sounds really, sounds really roomy. It's really weird. That? <laughs> yeah. I can hear Corey breathing. Yeah, exactly. It was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that that whole week was just amazing, and um, yeah, yeah, and I still talk to obviously people that we went on it. It's just really good to sort of make those connections because it was specifically based on UK US, wasn't it? It was trying to build relationships between writers in the UK and the US. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was such a great week, and hopefully that song gets used. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it's weird, like, and I mean this in the best way. Like, we were forced to work together. Like, we didn't yeah. have a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, it, that's great because it, it just it either works or it doesn't. And if it works, like, you you just in there then. Like you've broken yeah. past all of the weird, awkward stuff. And you've written yeah. a song, which is the most intense personal thing anyone could do together. And you're there. What, one of the things with the writing camps and the way it's structured like that, where it's like morning to write it and then record it in the afternoon kind of thing, is that usually with sessions, and you'll know this, anyone who doesn't do music, what would usually happen is that someone will come to the studio and for the first maybe hour, two hours, something like that, you might not even play a note you might no. even record anything. You just chat. You just get to know each other. Yeah, and uh, even the people that you already know, you just... What, what have you been up to kind of thing you try and find something that you're going to like write about or you know you know it's going to influence the song 
Uh, but because of the way that those ones are structured, you haven't got the time to do that. Yeah. So you are in with strangers and you're kind of in this situation where you're trying to write this song, but you're also trying to get to know them at the same time. And everything's just so frantic, but it, it just, it works for some reason. Like it just had this really, that whole week just had this kind of magic vibe of just everyone was excited. Everyone just wanted to write songs. We we're going to these great studios, you know, meeting all these new people. And then, yeah, we could go on about Nashville for the whole yeah. Thing, yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was brilliant. I was going to ask you actually. I have a burning question. What do you think about the um, the whole kind of broken record thing? Yes. And Spotify. Yeah, I, I think it's it's long overdue that it needs some reform and some sort of change. Like the money is not going where it should be going, for the most part. And like you know. It's so difficult because it, it, the people that it harms the most, I feel personally, is the people in the middle. It's not the top level artists who have, you know, they've got their deal, they've got their own yeah. problems with their labels and yeah. stuff, but they're they in general kind of looked after already. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the very, very low level artists who are just trying to break through and they can get their songs distributed worldwide for like 20 quid. So that like, they, they're not really at the point where they're relying on it as an income stream yet. I mean, they should definitely get more money. But it's not something they rely on. But the middle level, the people that haven't quite got to the top yet um, and are relying on it, it's it's teetering at the point where they're, they're doing it full time. Yeah. Um, they definitely, you know, like it's a big problem for them because they can't quite dive all the way in because they're not getting paid enough by Spotify. Well, it, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's a new system, like, but, but the old way of doing it where the, yeah. the people who get the most money from streaming is you know the labels and whoever owns the master which is the old way yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. people want to support creatives and you know people love music and, and it's a sad thought that they don't necessarily know that most of the the income generated goes to some suit who yeah uh, yeah has probably paid for the recording but the recording well, wouldn't exist without people like us you know yeah and i think um there's a thing where like Obviously, Spotify, when it first came about, um, and you, well, you had Napster, and you had all these different like, services or whatever, it did take a long time for people to embrace it. Like, it was the whole thing of, like, no, you can't do this because we need to still sell CDs. Like, it's not going to happen. And there were so many back and forth, like, lawsuits. You remember, like, the Metallica thing, they really kicked off. And, and there were other bands that embraced it who were like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Have our music for free. We'll make our income from other streams. But that's when, as soon as it got serious, as soon as it got to, like... Um, the level where labels were like, we're just going to have to embrace this. Um, Spotify is going to happen whether you like it or not. Um, then that was when the labels started doing way more deals that took way more of everything yeah. else. So like live, 360 merch. deals. Yeah, 360 deals that would just be like, yeah, okay, we're not making as much money from the actual sale of music now, so we're going to take it. Like, those, those deals have happened since probably the, the birth of labels in general, but they've started happening a lot more where at all levels people are kind of getting more well, you know, taking more from the artist's pockets, which is, yeah, it's just the whole system is, is very, the people actually creating the art are not getting anywhere near as much as they should. Which... Yeah, I think Spotify as a model is really cool and I don't think it should be mm. removed or in any, any, anything like that, but no, no, no. there's a lot of people slinging crap at everyone else, but actually the issue probably is with their own profit margins and what they are actually prepared to pay. Mm. For the overall stream, yeah. So, in, in you know, why can't the 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 share for the master holder be the same, but then 
the songwriter share increased. Like no, yeah. no one's trying to take anything away. Actually, the problem is with the people who are making the model work. You know what I mean? Mm. And yeah, you, like it's it's it should yeah come out of these like crazy profits that they're making. They're making exactly yeah insane amount of money. Yeah, like, it's not. And it's not putting anyone else out. It's just you're not, you won't earn quite as much, <laughs> and that's kind of fine because you're still earning a hell of a lot. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, They've got a monopoly really on it, haven't they? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, you've got Spotify. They're definitely the leaders. Like Apple Music and Tidal are doing well, but um, Spotify is the kind of you know Deezer and stuff. But Spotify usually is the the one that you know most people. Yeah. Because I think Tidal are the ones that actually pay the the biggest royalty. I think. Um, yeah. but then they I think they're a bit more premium in terms of subscriptions people actually pay more for the service so they're, yeah. they can cut more of that in but no I definitely think some sort of reform and, and change in the way it works is, is yeah very long overdue very apt just after PRS day as well and seeing the statement you're like okay <laughs> okay it would have been nice if I got a bit more <laughs> for me like I self-released my last album and um <clears throat> Like that was that was great because I was a master holder and I wrote all the songs, so yeah, that worked for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, for for anyone on an independent label, um, who's who's kind of at my level or around my level, mm. like that that wouldn't work for them, you know. Yeah, I mean, we're we're looking um for future humans thing. So obviously, it started as future humans was kind of me as a producer, but it's now a band. It's yeah, we're sort of we're looking more at distribution deals kind of things at the moment rather than full label deals. Um just as something to kind of like, they offer like the label light, so it's like a diet label, but they don't take as much percentage and it's not as like, you know, the top and we still own, you know, sort of rights to it. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is becoming more and more a better option for yeah. for sort of like artists who are trying to break out. Because obviously labels, um, you know, depending on the label, and this is the issue as well, you never know where you're going to be with that label or publisher or distributor in six months time like if they haven't done anything it'll be yeah. the worst deal you've ever signed but yeah. if they're writing if they're really pushing for you then you don't mind giving away you know a certain percentage or whatever because you know that you're getting something back from it but um and then because and they will yeah. own the rights for, for years depending on your contract mm. you're not going to get them back for at least seven years yeah i mean that's, the, that's one of the things that we've we've been looking at as well it's like um yeah just making sure that the terms are, are reasonable and yeah. you're not going to be stuck in this thing and you know like there's always the thing of just like look we want to do our main thing with whoever we kind of approach is like we're happy to do you know a, de a deal where everyone's happy but we're going to do it in a way with options so like in three years or five years or whatever if you've done well of course like if you're doing a good job we'll stay with you like and if you know that you're going to do a good job you should have no issue signing a lesser term with an option to extend it do you know mm -hmm. what i mean because if like the only reason they would want you in for a very long time with no option to get out is, you know, because they might not. Well, I suppose you could jump ship. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's always the danger, and I, especially when if you're coming into the industry and you don't know really anything, you can mm. get a bit blinded by the lights. No, a label wants to sign me and stuff, and you get all excited. And it's like, yeah, but you've you really got to gotta, really got to think about it because we're like in two years' time, where are you going to be? Are you going to be happy with them still, or are you going to be yeah. dying to get out of the deal? Like, the, the one thing that really surprised me when I signed my first record deal, there was a clause in it that said um, about like master rights, which is whoever owns the the actual recording, that's like the ma master rights yeah. holder. So the definition of master is any recording of that song, even okay. if you've recorded it yeah. yourself. So that's more like owning the song though, 
Because yeah, if I can't go and re-record my song, then you own my song. That's strange. That's kind of like uh, the melding of like publishing and masterizing, which yeah. should, in my opinion, always be kept separate. And that makes it really difficult. Yeah, some of them do put funny things in. Well, that that's like a really comprehensive thing. Like the, the definition of master means any recording of the song. Yeah. Which is it's, like, yeah. I was like, what? What? I don't, I don't even know how they'd enforce that. Like, imagine someone covers it and they record it and they're like, right, we own your master now. <laughs> they'd be like... Oh, no, not not a cover, sorry. The, the artist... Oh, so if the artist... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. It, it, it's like, if you want to re-record, not of anyone else, like, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, um, that, That's what surprised me. Because I think there's so many artists who have signed deals and it's not worked out and they haven't even released anything. That's the saddest thing, mm. like being signed for like three, five years and then not even anywhere close to releasing it. They can't then go and re-record it, even if they pay for it themselves. Mm. Like that's not right. One of the biggest things is, um, yeah, I, did, like, I, I basically said to the guys and stuff when we were shopping around and we we're talking to people, kind of thing, it's like, I don't want to be in a situation where we've got music that we want to release, but we don't want to release it with a people that we're currently signed to mm. but that for me is like nightmare like you know that you've got stuff but you just have to wait you know like either yeah. write it and not tell them about it until you're out of the deal <laughs> and, just like, and i've heard of so many people that do it, especially like the bigger like yeah the bigger labels and stuff people will sign to a huge label and have all this music and they, they just don't want to release it with that label or the label just won't release it because they won't give the budget yeah you know i've heard stories of um without naming names people that have signed like really really big deals and like they'll put out one single or one EP or even an album they'll put it out and it won't do as well as the label was expecting it to and that's it yeah the label just goes boom and they don't like they won't drop you because they don't want you to go elsewhere with stuff um they'll just keep you on the books and you can't release anything because there's no budget behind it and you have to get everything approved and it's it's awful what it can do especially young artists as well yeah that's like your your life they're taken away in effect like yeah and so like some people literally do they just they just wait They'll just wait five years and that's, then they'll they'll come back, and it's like that's five that. years of yeah no it's it, and it, it happens especially as I say with young artists like that they're trying to more and more try and sign them earlier 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 yeah um it becomes a real issue yeah um, it was interesting because I I got um the help musicians funding for my album yeah. which is dead exciting but um oh, amazing yeah what they're offering now as well is like uh a couple of sessions like uh, industry sessions with like professionals and i did one the other day um on like music the bit between you and the business um and that was really good and because i've always had this issue of um and i'm sure a lot of creative people do have this like separating your own actual personal identity from you as a music creator i found that really difficult because when when you I'm sure you agree, like when you're a musician or you work in music, everything you do is for that in a way. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Like what a wonderful th- way to live your life. But as well, it is very, there's a lot of like mental health issues and people yeah. just, yeah. when it doesn't work musically, people feel like their life has just had no meaning anymore. Oh, there's that whole thing of like, you're only as good as the last song you wrote and all this. And it's just so difficult, like, because it does you sort of flail about and you will get into like times where you're not writing that much good stuff and it can really affect every aspect of your life yeah. if you feel like you're kind of like not you know writing to your best ability that can yeah really put you on down and I think it's 
yeah, the, the thing with mental health for people in that situation is is it's scary, and I can't imagine being you know. Um, I don't know if you've seen that video of Billie Eilish and they did the year apart interview. I have yeah. seen that, yeah. And like that, it was just so, I can't imagine being that age and going through that kind of thing. Like, I all respect to her and the, well, any artist of that age that's going through that kind of thing. Yeah. Imagine it. It's like so much pressure and so much money and, yeah. you know, you've got to deliver and it's all hinging on how good you are as an artist. But like, yeah, so I mean, I, I found it a little bit easier with um, like the Future Humans thing since being kind of a band we've got this uh, kind of thing that we say is that like everything just feeds the beast yeah. so it's it kind of you can separate it a bit more in that you're all contributing to this one thing but when it is just you like that's it it is just you mm. like it's really hard to separate yourself from that and like I am well I am the product or I'm creating the product and yeah. I am me the person but also that you, you're a, you're just one human being yeah. too like yeah, with your yeah. own interests separate from the music like that's the hardest mm. thing for me like you know who am i yeah. when the music is taken away that's a scary it's, thing I, I always compare this stuff to um this comedian uh, Stuart lee if you know him. yes He's, like obviously <laughs> on stage He's got cool shoes. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I've never looked at his we, shoes. Well, I saw him in the cute. I went to Edinburgh Fringe Festival one year, oh, and yeah, yeah. he was stood here, and I was looking at his shoes Amazing. like, "Your shoes are so Amazing. sick." Yeah, yeah, but he like he does this thing where his on stage persona is like essentially just an exaggerated version of him. Yeah, and I always think about that with like with musicians and stuff, and it's like, how much is authentic how much is exaggerated how much just isn't you like mm. it's just something that you put on like when you get on stage and then you take it off when you're off stage or like just you know on when you're writing or whatever and i think that's such an interesting like that that boundary can get blurred so much yeah like, it, i can imagine especially if you get to the point where you're doing big deals and people are signing you because of your image and your sound like mm. where does the human stop and the artist begin or yeah. you know, which parts of the crossover um, and what kind of like protecting mechanisms do you have in place if that doesn't mm. work? Yeah, yeah and yeah. what like who are you then? You well, know? the amount of um, like squeaky pop artists that then go on to do like a grunge album or something—it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that kind of like reinventing themselves because they kind of aren't really sure. And oh, this is what I always wanted to do, really. Like mm. the actors going and doing theatre, it's yeah. like <laughs> kind of questioning who you are. Yeah, it's um, it's a funny old business, isn't it? I can't think mm. of any other. I was thinking today. I'm like, yeah, all creative, creative like industries where you, your work is your personality, really. Mm. Like songs are just your personality coming yeah. coming through. Yeah, yeah. So when when that isn't successful, that is personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no way you can't take it personal. Yeah. I mean, it, we kind of avoid that with the humans to an extent because um, the way me and Afnan work is that we just do a song in a day. And so it's this weird kind of like, so we'll come to the studio with nothing. I mean, sometimes there might be a, a hint of an idea or whatever, but usually it's from scratch. And then we've done that song. By the end of that evening, we've got something bounced out and ready, and that's our song. Yeah. Um, and to an extent that you get less attached to it because it's you just did it in one day. Yeah. yeah. Whereas there's the thing, if you spend six months on a song and you've put your heart and soul into it and then they go, you're in a meeting and they're like, ah, oh, no, what else have you got? And you're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I, haven't, I haven't got anything else. It took me six <laughs> yeah. months. And you, you've, it's really difficult to take. Um, but again, I mean, that's a bit, I can't work like that with everyone. You know, I mm. have a thing 
where it just it works for us but um yeah yeah and no, i think it's it, like yeah it's, it's it's a high stakes game <laughs> it really is high stakes mentally as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm still struggling with that aspect of it to be honest like mm. especially now you know growing up and getting getting a bit older like it is a big question like minus the music who actually are you <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah how, how do you how does that fit into the scheme of you being a marketable artist like mm. or where does that where does your personality fit into it and yes yeah, again i just and i keep saying it i just i really feel sorry for people who are well you know like some people manage it really well but like younger artists yeah. who just get so much pressure on them like that billy eilish thing does i always think about that and just the way that she talks about um, but don't you think it's kind kind of horrible that they not made her do that but that was a thing like mm. why should why yeah. why should she have to do that yeah that what she what she said was before before so it don't, doesn't mm. matter you know yeah i mean I, I suppose it's in a way it's almost like a, a social experiment kind of thing yeah and it, you know you do watch it and it is it's fascinating it's like just even the questions of you know, what was the biggest audience you played to then versus then? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it goes from like a thousand to like 70,000 yeah, like yeah. in a year, which is just, I can't even imagine that kind of meteoric rise. Yeah. And I've, I've, you know, I've known a couple, I've worked with a couple of people who have had that, that hit that's just overnight, they've gone up and it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the pressure mm. and the, the amount of, you know, obviously press that you do, but also the amount of writing you do and everyone wants to get in the room and yeah. the phone won't stop ringing. You're traveling around well not this year but like you're doing all the sort of thing um and yeah no, it's just it's just an unreal amount of uh pressure but that's i guess kind of the price that you pay if you want if you want to be at that level you want fame fame cast yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah that's it but it really does and it, it's on it's an unnecessary cost oh, man that yeah that i don't know how i feel about that billy eilish thing because really even if it is a social experiment, a horrible thing mm. to have to go through. Like, and and for people to see that as well, like you know, her whole thing. I think it it does. It, it's played like a kind of a bittersweet thing. So there are there are a lot of things that she's celebrating in it, and it like when you watch it, it has got this music in the background, and it does kind of pull at your heartstrings a bit. But when you actually think about when you you think actually no, it's, a lot of this is very positive. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, and she looks back on the, the year before and going like, oh. You know, she had no idea what was coming like, over this next year and stuff. Yeah, no, so I think there's a kind of positive swing on it. So there is that kind of, like, yeah. good um, thing. But, yeah. So tell, tell us about Future Humans, then. Yeah, so, so Future Humans, as I said, yeah, it started off uh, basically... Because my old name as a producer was Eyes. And I did a lot of stuff, like, since I was, like, 15 or something. Um, and that's when I started doing remixes. So I was doing a lot of bootleg remixes, all this kind of business. And I did a lot of dubstep stuff, and that basically got to a point where the stuff that I was doing was so vastly different from anything I had on all of the eyes things, which was mainly kind of dubstep remixes and, and sort of like a couple of solo things where I was singing, and it was just like it was so different. I just for years I wanted a new name, I just couldn't think of one for years, and then suddenly, um, yeah, Futurians came along. I was like, okay, that's great, and it started off as just a new name for just me, mm. even though it's plural. Um, I was just being, you know, all trendy and arty, plural as a one person. Um, and it worked out. <laughs> but then it worked out, yeah. No, but then, yeah, so me and, me and Afnan met through um, doing another session with some other writers and we just really clicked and we started doing stuff. And it, for a long time we were releasing stuff as Future Humans x Afnan Prince, so it was like kind of collaboration. 
and then it just got to a point where we really loved what we were doing and we were really happy about it we wanted to start pushing it as like a, a thing like a band essentially yeah. project um a project yeah, yeah we, we kind of wanted to start selling that about but like it was uh, like future humans x afghan prince was just too you know people do people just like what oh wait so it's so you're a band but you're also a collaboration and you're two people but you're also six people or five people on stage or whatever it's like yeah and so eventually we, we, the conversation came about it was like should we just call it future humans let's yeah. just take everything into the one thing and it also it's so it, is, it refers to the band, but it also refers to anything we kind of do on our own. So like if I do a remix, it's still a few tunes remix. Oh, right. Okay. It's like the band. So it's kind of, it just, it opens up all the avenues to be able to do. Um, and again, I don't think it was, it was as contrived as this, but like from a business sense, it just means that we can literally do anything. So we can do DJ sets, we can do live sets. We yeah. Can do, no, it makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. We can do remixes. We can do things as the band. We can do things as individual members. Um, and it's kind of yeah just an umbrella term for everything that we're doing that's kind of solves the issue of the identity complex really doesn't it because when it's a project name you can separate it yeah so we feel like it's a it's a family and everyone you know we all have our own roles and stuff um Mm. and so it's a lot kind of easier to define it is you know it's still difficult but we were lucky in that our sounds just kind of developed so for a lot of us that's one of the hardest parts is finding your thread is your signature but yeah, no, in terms of identity, I think that does solve a few mm. problems. And you, you can go more exaggerated and you don't have to feel inauthentic in, a, in any way, you know? Mm. No, exactly. What's your current situation at the moment then? So the album, what's going on with the album at the moment? The album is nearly done. It's like 98% mm. done. So, yeah. so the last track is 98. like currently being mixed and then mm-hmm. I just need to get it mastered. But um, amazing. Yeah, I'm 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 so excited. You know, I am actually pretty pretty excited. So I'm getting it um, getting it on vinyl for the oh, first time ever. I, I will be getting one of them. I will be getting. Oh one mate, I'll send you one. Soon as you've got a Don't link. Don't worry, I'll send yeah. you one. And um, oh, oh, no, I love it. <laughs> and so yeah, and you know what? Seriously, like I'm so happy with it. Like it sounds so good. I'm yeah. just, you know, when you, because it's weird from my last album, because my last album, I kind of wrote it all, kind of all in one, and it came together quite yeah. fast, but um, this one has taken a bit more time, and... Mm. Um, Is that because of pandemic reasons, or no, just, just in general? No, just in general, it's taken me longer, like, mm. to, to kind of hit on what I wanted to say, really, but... um. Okay. Well, so is it, like... Is it taken more as in the actual writing of the songs or like the production side or both or? Everything. Song, Everything. Songwriting. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This album, um, I'm not going to say too much because I want to leave the announcement till next year, but it's yeah. it's kind of about childhood and adulthood okay. and the kind of things that have affected you in childhood still affecting you in adulthood and okay. a lot a lot of it actually and then like i don't want to say this because everyone's like going on about it but <laughs> me- mental health like a lot of it is about um just my own like little insecurities which are probably quite mm. universal like feeling tongue-tied in social situations and don't mm. f- like not feeling like you belong in a certain mm. friendship group or just in general in all yeah. friendship groups and yeah, 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 and those yeah. are things that have affected me in childhood and just 
keep going throughout my adulthood and it's like well when when are these gonna get solved like what's going on yeah and it's it is that kind of meeting of the subconscious mind and the conscious mind and you actually realizing what is happening as you're getting older mm-hmm. and realizing the patterns of those things so yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like about your own about my own memories and uh the things that happen coming through so that i don't know why it took me so long but it, yeah it t- it's taken me like four years which is yeah not great well, but- i remember you sending me over some some demos uh, a while ago which didn't sound like demos i think it was pretty much finished but um i just sat i was sat in a pub near the studio i just stuck my headphones in i was like oh you know i'll see what, see what natalie's up to me and they were just honestly i think i told you at the time i was like these these are amazing like i would, Aww, I would thanks, choose to listen dude. to these even if i didn't know who you were no but they just had that kind of like yeah it's something that you can't consciously put in a song it like just had that kind of like they felt like they were what they were meant to be like, oh, uh, cheers, which mate. Is a really difficult thing to That's do. Really kind. Um, yeah, no, but I, I just, yeah, and obviously we worked on um, a couple of tunes together, yeah, Christmas songs, like, oh yeah. So yeah. someone, um, someone new, which was a single last July. Yeah, which I yeah. Absolutely loved your mix of that. Yeah, someone new as well. Like I just because that was one that you played me at Nashville. You played the demo. Yeah, I, I did. Like, yeah, I did. I need to be involved in this somehow. Oh God, yeah. I played you my demo. Yeah. When I just recorded it. Yeah, and I was like, no, right, okay, I need to be involved in it. You must have like, babe, let me. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much there. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, I mean, just all the all the sounds like it, I just heard it, and it's again one of those songs that um, you do you hear like, and you just know. Again, like it sounded like what it was meant to sound like. That was what it was meant to be, and it, you know, just oh, that's tidying good. up little bits and EQs or whatever is is thing. You can anyone can do that. That's kind of like a methodical process that you go through. But to get that vibe of that song is just yeah, that's the most difficult part. And it's like, yeah, no, when I heard that, I, I felt like that was a finished song. Like you could have released it as it was, and it still would have. Oh wow, that makes me feel resonated. great because that that's my. <laughs> demo that i did <laughs> uh, mm. you know what though I, i've been i've been slowly producing my own stuff like there's Ooh, there's good. there's two tracks on the no wait there's yeah two tracks on the album that i recorded mm. mixed and produced amazing everything yeah, yeah. i think I, I think that's such a i'm dead proud of myself well, yeah not not all artists i know a lot of artists this year have, have you know decided they're gonna try production and, and uh you know have, have a go with their laptop or whatever um, and you know some artists don't really enjoy it they just want someone else to be able to do all the finicky bits or whatever yeah but, um, I think it's, it's quite an important tool <laughs> yeah no I think when when I'm in the session with someone who understands production and mixing it's not that it ends up with a better song but you just get there a bit faster because people yeah. know the terms they, they know, know the terminology how to don't describe they? stuff and it makes it a lot easier so like people say oh so if you just cut that and then if you just bring the filter up on that and then instead of them going like can you make it sound a bit like and you're or, like or describing it in emotional terms which for yeah, yeah, yeah. people are very different oh that, yeah i've had so many things of that like can you just make it sound a bit more like yeah warm is the one warm is warm. always they're so like, um, they're different for everyone 10 different things that warm can make yeah. like yeah. In a production sense, but, is it saturation? You, you know what? I do, I do get like the. I, I quite um, like hearing emotional responses. Like, mm. like my, my masters nowadays, like if I get a single mastered, mm. I'll send it. Or, or like even a mix. Like 
I'll send it to a few different people who's, you know, who I trust and who mm-hmm. aren't who aren't musicians and don't know the terminology. And whichever uh, yeah, yeah, one yeah, they yeah, prefer, yeah. that's what you go with because they're having an emotional response and it's more about the energy and the song and the way it makes them feel. So we the singles that we got out so far is, is Feet Humans, um, so I'm Not In Love and Saltburn. And we got a few others, but these those are the first two that we put out. Absolute bangers. Thank you. Uh, that was when we got to the sort of like, um, we got to the end stages of them. And I'd been playing the demos at home uh, to my housemates, um, one of, which is a guy called Rob. Um, and he, he like, especially I'm Not In Love, he just he loved it. He, he was like, this is great. This is the best thing you've done. And he was really like, um, you know, obsessed with it, basically. Not in a blow my head this is relevant to the story it's not me going my friend loves my music it's actually. fine he it's blow great, your trumpet so. dude but no no but so but i recognized that he was obviously passionate about that song so from that point on it, it made it my mission to make sure that he knows that it's, it's the best that that song can be so for the lot when we finished mixing it um literally had a session with him the last mixing session i brought him into the studio um, wheeled him in like a guinea pig <laughs> but no I, I was just like Rob right okay listen to this now and tell me what you think about it and he was going he was like no 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 the chorus in that first version you did the chorus was just more like, like, that, like that and I was like okay cool right let's let's try and work to that and he just he had that kind of like non-musical yeah. thing which is I love ha- having that at least part of the process but starting a song with someone that hasn't got any music <laughs> thing is a bit more difficult it's priceless input only at the point where it it really um, yeah. makes a difference yeah 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 um, but that i think that really did make those two tunes um like saltburn as well he was just very like yeah he he just listened he absolutely loves music he's never written a note but he he absolutely he's obsessed with it he, he's always sending me new songs yeah or old songs that he loves and all that kind of stuff and uh it's, it's just great having a sound board like that um, yeah someone that you can you know, rely on, you know that they've got good taste and you know that they kind of will push it in the right direction. Yeah, so it's important. It's, it's nice to have people who, who want to be involved like that, isn't it? Mm. In your project. Yeah, exactly. What was I going to ask you? I, I was, hey. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you for making my Christmas song a banger. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> so whether I, I've I thanked it. you before. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I think thank you. Have, yeah, yeah. Second um, year. No, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, it's just so like when I hear the intro, like it's always just it gives me that vibe straight away. It's good fun. Um, and that first line, Christmas is coming. You're like, yes, it is. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I could listen to that in July, and I'd have to listen to that. I swear to God, it's just it's instant Christmas vibe. <laughs> yeah. On the subject of production, I mm. would like to know. Mm-hmm. For myself and for people who might be watching and are interested, what is your top tip about production? What's the one thing that you always want to achieve from working on a track? Always, absolutely. Like my my biggest thing is like work quickly and in broad strokes. Don't worry too much about the specifics. Just try and get your song to a point where you're excited about it and do that as quickly as possible like it doesn't matter if the kick drum sound isn't perfect or you know the keys aren't quite what you wanted um just keep on going just doing it quickly and i think that because as soon as a session gets to a point where someone's just you know working on this really specific thing mm, for like everyone's hour, like 
and then <laughs> just on, you know, do you know it's really really hard to bring that back to life like unless you get some sort of like you know a really special moment which does happen every now and again but like I think for me it's just making sure that everyone in the session is excited about it they're having a good time like you're you're getting the vibe thing and sometimes it doesn't happen sometimes it takes a while and you'll be slogging away at different ideas and I think yeah just don't basically just don't um, think about it too much yeah because as soon as you start to overthink it it stops the creativity doesn't it yeah yeah you're going okay so well, maybe maybe we could do this and, and everyone slows down and, and so, whereas if it's like okay that's not working scrap it and that's the other thing as well don't be too precious no like, you can't work on something for six hours if it's not working it's not working yeah. delete it start yeah. something new, start like, new. I've, I've stopped songs after genuinely after like six hours yeah. and just got rid of them and made a better song mm. in the next 20 minutes than I've made in the last six hours yep. I think the the less precious you are about it the more you can afford to do those, those kind of like big moves and before you know it you've got an absolute banger that you never would have had if you were still working on that kick drum do you know what exactly. I mean so um, that's probably my biggest tip that I think people like, and it, it's a bit sort of broad but like um, yeah I think just broad strokes keep it exciting keep it fun treat it as if you know like oh, I don't want to do that anymore I'm bored of it let's do this and like, I do that when I'm mixing I'll, I'll, I'll hop around I'll do the vocals I'm like ah I want to work on the drums now and then you do that and then you just flit around mm. um I find that it's just like that translates. Sam, there's so much more that I could talk about. Like this is I, long I was gonna say, it doesn't overdue. feel like it's been an hour. Yeah. We, we need to, we, when this is all over, we need to just have a nice beer somewhere. When I'm yeah. next in London, and thank you so much for coming on, McCool and the Gang. It was wicked. No, of course, absolutely, it's an honour to be on it. Genuinely, I hope you have a really lovely Christmas and a happy New Year. You too. Yeah. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Yeah, eat, eat everything and drink all the wine, as exactly. I am going to do. Exactly. Alrighty, <laughs> bye. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and follow to this podcast. I'm Natalie McCool and you can find me and my music on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and also on my website, nataliemccool.co.uk. Thanks. And I'm a magnet too